Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we talk with writers about writing and books and publishing and um, other stuff that comes to mind involving the writing life and uh, that kind of stuff. So I am very excited to um, have been through a year of podcasts with so many different guests. And if it's been really, really fun, um, this is our 37th episode, I believe. And it is our season finale of season one. And I am, could not be happier to have my author today, my author guest today, Jennifer B. Hi, Jennifer. Hi, Sean, how are you? Thank you so much for having me. I'm doing great. And it's great to have you here. And I just was saying to you before we hit record about how cool it was that you're the last show of the year. It's Christmas time. You have a Christmas tree behind you that I can see that people will be able to see on Instagram if they want to. And you've written, what have you written? What's your first book? I have about? written a Christmas mystery. Okay. So we it, just love when things like that come together. We, lo- we just love that here on the show. And <laughs> so, I am so excited to be your grand finale. Go figure. I know, right? How, does, how great would that work out? That worked out perfectly. So tell us the, the name. Well, let me introduce you real quick and then we'll hear about the book. Okay. So Jennifer B. Reside, B-E-E, like the, like the bug, resides near <laughs> the Blue Ridge Mountains of Virginia with her husband, two kids, and a house full of pets which we might hear in the background on this podcast. You never know. I have a pet too. So it's sort of a pet friendly podcast. It just happens. Prior to becoming a full-time author, she worked in marketing and owned her own advertising agency. In her spare time, Jennifer loves to swim, read, and spend time outdoors. She is the author of the Anna Renan mystery series. And the first book in that series is? It is The Killing Carol. And it is the tale of a widow, Anna Greenan, who has received a note. On the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the reason your husband had to die. And each of the 12 days of Christmas, Anna gets a new stanza with a new clue. Right. And how creepy is that? <laughs> well, it, it is creepy, but it does have, you know, it, it, it's not dark. It, it has some light woven in. It is the perfect Christmas tale and will make a perfect holiday gift. Yes, it is a traditional mystery. So it's not, you know, scary, slasher or creepy. It's just kind of creepy to get weird notes. You know, that's always sort of like, oh, why would someone send me this note? A hundred percent. Yeah, well, when she finds the first one, it, it's very jarring, you know? Yes. Yeah. It was so, for me as well when the sentence popped into my head. I didn't know where it came from, but that's how the book started. Yeah, I assumed it came from, I mean, I thought maybe you had to pick a fight with your husband and then sat down <laughs> to something. He does often get asked how he feels about the fact that his wife sits around plotting murder all day. He's been a little bit unsettled by it, but you know, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Hey, you know, keeping them on their toes is not a bad idea. Exactly. Exactly. Keep them on their toes. Well, good. So yeah, the first book, your book came out and did it come out in November for the holidays? It did. It it released in November. Perfect. Perfect timing. Yeah. And it's going really well. So that's really, really cool. You, you were having, you've, you've been going to events, you've been out working, promoting it. So how, how is, how is it selling a Christmas mystery in the Christmas season in the Christmas market? It is so much fun. I, I had no idea how much I would enjoy meeting other readers as I'm out there. And I've been going to Christmas markets and I have been so blessed. I have sold out. I don't have any more books. I, in fact, I called my local bookstore and said, look at, I, I need you. I need you to order me 75, hundred more. And I, you know, I thought my books, the bookstore order was going to fall over. I, I can't believe how well it's been received. And I can't believe how much fun I've had. 
yeah, yeah. Well, that's wonderful to hear. And I like how you said um, other readers when you just said uh, love meeting other readers because we're all readers. You, know, you even have to be a reader if you're going to be a writer. There is no way around it. Yeah, yeah. All writers are readers first, for sure, and continue to be. You have to. So, well, cool. I'm so you're so um, peppy and upbeat, and that's very. Uh, it's giving me a lot of good energy today on this. Uh, oh, good, 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 yeah. good. I can't help it. I, I love what I do. I had no idea how much I would enjoy this. And it is so much better than than I ever thought that it would be. Oh, that's so great. Because this is your debut, right? Yeah? This is your first This book. is it. This is, this is my debut. Wow. Well, you're doing really well. <laughs> you're doing really well for a debut author selling out hundreds of books at the, wherever you go. So that's, that's you know, impressive. Thank so you. We're all, we're all very proud of you, especially your, your main editor, me. <laughs> well, she has a real good eye for talent. That's the thing. <laughs> I do. I do. I've been very good at that. So, well, this will be a great question to get started. This is the first official question after I've already asked you a bunch. Um, okay. How did your writing career get started? Okay. Great question, Sean. I started writing when I was, when I was a teenager, but I didn't get serious about it until I had kids. And I got really tired of cringing when I watched movies with my teenagers. And I looked for content that was still thrilling and those suspenseful stories, but didn't have all those things that maybe make a mother blush. And there wasn't too much out there. So that's what really motivated me to start writing. I wanted to write the kind of story that you, you can't stop turning those pages, but is still wholesome in a way. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a good, that is a, that I do remember watching a few movies with my, and I wanted to leave the room, you know? Yes. <laughs> yes. My like, why are we watching this? So, yes, yeah. exactly. Way too many boobs and butts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just weird situations and violent, you yeah, know, conversations that you don't want to have. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like why? I just went, well, very, that's cool. So that you were, you had a reason to get going. So that's exactly. Easy. And then I felt like I was on the right path and I sat down and I went to the movie theater and this will tell you how long, how long it took me to get this thing out there. Uh, I watched a preview for the movie Planet of the Apes and there was an ape standing there talking. No disrespect to Planet of the Apes, but I couldn't help but think if this can be made into a movie, I certainly can write something that is as good as that. So that was my confirmation. So now you know my motivation and now you have my confirmation. That's very interesting. That's yes. <laughs> I've heard of people being inspired by certain things that I've never heard that one before. For me, it was Planet of the Apes. So there yeah. you go. Well, I first I have first sat down and watched movies on any platform or gone to a movie theater. I'm thinking there must have been a bunch of people that thought this was pretty good <laughs> to make to spend money yeah, on. <laughs> Yeah, like how, who who decided this was good? You know, like right. that, it's like that line in Moneyball. Whose nephew are you? Because that's the only way that this got made into a movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I worked, you know, tangentially in the movie industry, and it's sort of like, yeah, this was this was a bunch of people. It wasn't just one person saying this was good. Yes. This is a committee of people. Yes, so you never know. Well, that's good. That's very interesting inspiration. So, if you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Well, I would tell my younger writing self that it's going to be okay. I was so nervous about this book coming out. And I don't know why. I didn't, I didn't anticipate that. But I think three, for three weeks until this book came out, I walked around dry heaving. I don't think I slept. 
I don't know what I was nervous about exactly now, but back then at 2 a.m., I had a whole host of things that I was up worrying about. None of them came to pass. One of the things for me was it wasn't so much what the world thought of my book, but what my family and my friends thought of my book. I really, I love my family. I, I love my friends and I really wanted them to be proud of me. And I really wanted to put out a product that they could be proud of. And I knew they would love me. I just, I didn't know how they'd feel about the book. And so I think that's what I was most nervous about. And when I got a text from, you know, one of my closest friends that said, I'm not just saying this because you're my friend, but this is one of the best books I've ever read. Or, you know, when my sister-in-law was texting me, I can't put it down. Or my niece said, who doesn't read, read it in two days. That, that just completely put me at ease. And so I would tell my younger self, there's nothing to be nervous about. It's, you know, it's going to be okay. And that's the other thing. No writer ever tells you, hey, look at right before that book's going to come out, you're going to get pre-booked jitters. But it's so funny because the more and more people I told about it, the more people that reached out and said, oh, Jenny, I had the same thing. And they, they would share their story with me. I, I didn't know. So now I do. And now I'm telling every writer that's out there who will hear me, look at you're going to get nervous, but it is going to be okay. That's my mantra. It will be a fine. It will all be fine. That's what I always say. You so. are very calming. I mean, you know, as, as we go through, you will one day be up for sainthood having to deal with all of us writers and our free book chitters. <laughs> and lucky you are so laid back because you just, it's Jenny, everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I got this. Yeah, no, I, I might start charging for, for like per hour like psychiatrists do because a hundred percent yes and I and I will tell you Sean I would pay whatever you charged I mean I will I would hand you my husband's credit card and just say let's go <laughs> you're so sweet well I, I just want to let you know that those the jitters will never go away it's going to happen for each book but it's going to be lessened because you're going to have the experience it's like having children like once you had one 100%. like that's very scary and it's sort of like okay I've done this before it's always different each time but there's sure. still, but it's, I think if you get used to it, then you're not really, it's not, you're not really in it anymore. You know, you're not like invested. So you have to have that some sitters, but um, it never goes away. And I still, my books have been out oh, God, years now. I mean, I think my books came out in 2000. I did, I debuted in 2016 and I'll get, I'll meet people through like mom friends through like baseball or something. They're like, Oh, I got your book from the library. And I was, I still go, Hey, <laughs> Yep. Like, yep. Oh, are you gonna like it? I hope so. That's so embarrassing. I'm still it's still like a big mixture of excitement and embarrassment for me. I don't know why I can't exactly. That's it. That's it. Yeah. But you know, I think everyone can relate to the idea of being back in grade school and and you wrote, you know, you were asked to write a paragraph and you didn't know you were supposed to share it with the class. Mm -hmm. And then the teacher calls on you and asks you to share it with the class. And everyone can remember what that felt like, you know, the perspiration and, and the the flutter in the belly. Well, imagine that on a global scale. And that's what writers go through. Yeah, because your book is available around the world. It's available, you're selling copies in England. And we're selling, you're, your book is selling copies everywhere. So that is very- No, because someone who follows me on Twitter is in Canada. And she told me that she bought it on Kobu Canada. So then I made my husband address me as international selling author the rest <laughs> of the evening. It was one of my greatest moments. <laughs> And if you don't, I'm going to kill you again in my next book. No, I'm kidding. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> See, they have, they always, they, they have a little bit more respect for you after that. Cause they know that you can do whatever you want fictionally. So exactly. It's good. Not that you ever would, but you know, oh, that, that, is, that is all very exciting, but yes, I think it's, it's healthy to be nervous. It's healthy to have those concerns and it's not really concerns, just worry. And, you know, you do want people to think that your art 
is worthy yeah. and you don't want to get paint. You don't want to get bad reviews, but you know, the first time you get a bad review, I, I started, I actually started laughing. I was on my way to, I was on my way to, um, a, I was running a race. I was running a, like a, a fun run, like a 5k and meeting my friends. And I said, Oh, I got a one-star review on a uh, Goodreads. I was in the car. My husband's driving me. He's like, don't read it. <laughs> like, don't, read, <laughs> don't read it right before you're supposed to run three and a half miles. I'm like, oh, I want to see what they said. So it was one star, one word. It said boring. And I just started, <laughs> just started oh. like, so I was like, I've been called a lot of things, but I've never been called boring in my life. So I was and like, Sean, I have read your books and I don't know what book that they were reading because none of them are boring. They are fantastic. Well, thank you. That was very you sweet. Welcome. I, but I thought, man, but you know, but it's kind of nice. It's a healthy dose of, hey, maybe, you know, this person was bored. Okay, that's cool. But you know, you never, it's nice to get some feedback like that. I think it's healthy because then you, you can see how you're going to react to that because it's, yes, it's like, I can, you can't please everyone. That's just unrealistic. So it's good to um to have a little a little not a whole bunch of those but like a dash or two of Tabasco on your eggs just to be like oh I don't enjoy that but I now I know what that tastes like you know what I mean yeah I would prefer not to go through that you know no <laughs> negative reviews that would be totally fine with me but you do you <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah as healthy oh. as it is you know I don't want to be that healthy <laughs> yeah. yes I hear you I hear you and that also is that's also an acceptable answer. Okay, good, good. It's an honest one, so. No, honesty is, is the best policy. Which comes first for you, the plot or the characters? For me, it is absolutely the plot. Uh, the sentence on the first day of Christmas, my true love gave to me the reason your husband had to die popped in my head. And once it, it entered, and it came as a full sentence, I didn't think about it. It just, it just poof, it was there. And every single thing with this book came after that. And so then I had to think about, well, who got the note? And is the guy already dead or is he not dead yet? Is it a threat? Is it everything came from, from that one sentence and from, from the plot? And then I created characters around the plot. Yeah, well, that makes sense for this, especially. And also I think when you're writing a traditional mystery sort of like that, it's, it's the plot is sort of paramount because you need to have it spit. It, the way you structured your book is very elegant and it, I think it needed to be oh, that thank you. Yeah, it's very good. So you thank are you. correct. You are correct in your answer. Oh, good. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You can answer anything. Um, so my next question, has anything you've written surprised you? In other words, you had no idea something was going to happen and it showed up on the page. 100%. Because even though the plot comes before the characters, I don't do a lot of outlining ahead of time. I allow the story to lead me where it needs to go. And I'm not going to give too much away here, um, but I was about 40 pages in. Now, I don't know if you pick up the book exactly where in the book it is in, in book form, but on, on the computer, it was about 40 pages in and I started writing. And my protagonist, Anna, had a dream. And it was about a, a little girl who was not more than eight or nine. I, to this day, do not know where that came from. I think it is the only chapter in my book that didn't need to be edited with, you know, with small exception. Mm -hmm. And every single person that has read that chapter has had the exact same response. Oh my goodness. Or I have goosebumps. And it was in that moment in that chapter, I was shocked by it. And it took my story in a totally different direction than I thought it was going. Mm 
So yes, I have written stuff that has shocked me. I've also gone back and been editing because as you know, as a writer, we, we edit constantly. I, I can't even, you know, I can't even count how many times I went back through this manuscript. And there have been times that I've read sentences that I'm telling you right now, I did not know I wrote. And I'm thinking, where did this come from? But it's only me at that computer. So I wrote it. I just didn't, I was in the moment and I didn't remember writing it. Yeah, that happens a lot. It does happen a lot. Your brain takes over and it's, and it's, I always quit. It's sort of like a fever dream or something. Cause it's, you know, it's you, but you're also like, your brain is sort of floating in another um, world because you're thinking about these people and you're in it. You're living in that world, reporting back to us what, what is happening. 100%. A fever dream is a great analogy and one that I'm going to steal when I talk about this book. Go for it. Yeah, you can have that. So cool. So the fifth question I usually reserve for something a little bit off the wall. And um, okay. this one I'm asking you and I'm going to twist it a little bit because of the season finale-ness of the show and the season that we're, that we're currently in and I'm in the Christmas spirit. So which three songs, normally the question is which three songs would be on your life's playlist, but I'm going to ask you which three Christmas songs are either your favorite or that you can't live without or on your life's playlist? Oh, okay. Well, let's face it. This is a slam dunk for someone who wrote a story about the 12 days of Christmas. That one has to be number one on the list with a star, asterisk, bold print, italicized. So definitely the 12 days of Christmas because that was life-changing for me. But then I think Christmas wouldn't be Christmas without Silent Night. I love that song. I have always loved that song. I remember as a little kid singing it in my room, even though I have a terrible singing voice and I am not going to do that to your listeners. I will, I will not sing it, but I do love that song. And then more recently, I just love the Christmas Carol, Mary, Did You Know? It just, for me, it has such a reverence and such special meaning. So I just, I love that song. Very cool. So that would be it. Yeah, those are really good ones. I always loved... Um... I love I'll Be Home for Christmas. That's my favorite one. Oh, I love that too. There yeah. are so many good ones. Oh, I know. I put them on. I start listening to them when I'm working um, just to, you know, make myself happy while I'm working on different things. Right, right. It's nice to have going on in the background, so. And, you know, my family will be, my aunts and my mother will be very upset with me if I don't weave in some type of Elvis reference. So like Elvis's Blue Christmas has to be on there just just for them, you know, because. We'll, we'll add that. So now exactly. we have we can never have too many Christmas songs playing. So exactly. Very cool. So the rapid fire quiz, it's real quick. So we're going to do okay, I'm ready. Five, five questions. Number one, beach or mountains? Beach. Okay. You love the beach? I love, I love water, the beach, pool, you name it. If I can be in the water, I would be in the water. Same, same for me too. Cake or pie? cake but i'm gluten-free so finding a good gluten-free cake is not very easy oh yeah yeah but i love cake yeah yeah i make a good olive oil chocolate cake that's gluten-free but i use gluten, the gluten almond flour um i'll have to send that to you that's good it's oh easy. yeah yeah it's an easy one um yeah i like to i like to do we have an aunt that's gluten-free and i sometimes i just feel like being gluten-free you know i think it's good for you to give it a try um morning person or night or night owl do you want an honest answer Yes. Well, honestly, I'm over 40, so neither, but midday, I am rocking it. <laughs> I need to add that. I've, I've had a few midday responses in the last couple of shows. So I think that's sort of a thing now we're, we're all doing that midday. Yeah. Yeah. Dogs or cats. Okay. I am not going to pick. This would be like picking between your kids. I've got two dogs. I've got three cats. So both. <laughs> yeah. You can't pick between your kids. 
I love all animals. Yeah. Yeah. You can't, it's hard to pick. Yeah. Some people yes. have a real definite, you know, for sure. This is what I'm doing. And I'm like, okay. Um, coffee or tea? Coffee. I love coffee. Yeah. You got some cool holiday, uh, mixed, you know, like creamers right now, or do you do a special seasonal blends or anything when it's Christmas time? Nope. I just do regular coffee and regular creamer all day, every day. Love this stuff. All day. <laughs> well, not after three because then I'm up all night. Yeah. So for me, it's like 1130. I can't, you know, I'd kind of like, oh, I'd love one more, but it's, I just, I'll just be up. I mean, you know, yeah. I go, I go work out and stuff. It's, you know, it's not like I'm not doing anything else, but it's I'm just, I'm very sensitive to it, I guess, but. Well, good. Well, you passed the quiz. So very good. I there. did. Yeah. Oh, good. Season finale wrapped it in the book. See that? <laughs> so with the blooming success of the first book, tell us about what is coming up next. Are there more books in the series? And what else are you going out on the road or what are you doing? Yes, there are two more books in the Anna Green and series and I'm hard at work on book two and I'm very excited about that. And I am on a book tour. So this weekend I'll be in Lynchburg, Virginia at Givens Books. I'll be signing books there. And then I'm shuffling off to Buffalo and I will be up at a book signing because my books are set up actually in the Western New York area. Uh, the snow and the cold are perfect for a Christmas mystery. And so I will be heading up that way to East Aurora. There's a bookstore there called the Bookworm and I'll be doing a book signing up that way. Wow, that's awesome. You have a lot of you have a lot of stuff going on. That's great. I do. I do. And I have I have family up in the Buffalo area. So I know that that actually that that book signing better be busy. I'll put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> or you're going to hear about it at Christmas. You're not going right. to get anything the Although I have to tell you, my my mom and my aunts and my cousins, they have been a riot during all of this. And we have had so much fun. My mom actually called me at my last book signing. Now, I, I, mom, you cannot call during a book signing. You are not allowed. <laughs> so she calls. How's it going? So I had people at the table. I was, I put her on speakerphone. I couldn't resist. I had to let everybody know what I was dealing with. So I'm pitching my book and there's my mom on the phone telling them to buy it. It's a great book. She didn't even miss a beat. It was so funny. So today I put my phone on silent and I, you know, I reached out to my aunt and said, look at, please call my mom because I have, I'm, I'm filming a podcast from one to two. And I know she's going to be texting me during it. How's it going? Because that's, you know, can't help it. Yeah. Well, that's sweet. That's very mom. That's very much a mom. It that's is very... so much fun. It, it yeah. you know, my, my sister-in-law, my, it, it has been a blast. I'm so happy that's happening for you. That's wonderful. I'm so, yes. you're so tearful. That's great. So yay. Oh, yay. Awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. You take and care. You too. And we'll talk soon. Can't wait. We'll take see care. you. Bye. Bye.